Connie, you just referenced sweet spot for our carrier. And I think uh, before I start today, I think that's a really good thing to be thinking about because each of the carriers does have, for example, Connie mentioned a moment ago that one of the agents, one of the new agents had written a policy with Mutual of Omaha Term Life Express. And Mutual of Omaha <coughs> on that express policy, if you were diagnosed with type or any type of diabetes, but type 2 diabetes after age 50, they are much more forgiving there. However, if they were diagnosed prior to age 50, it's an automatic decline. So understanding kind of where each company's sweet spot falls, that's really important. And that's why we do so much strategizing uh, with true application of what product to use when we first start. That's why we, we want you um, calling in and strategizing if you're going doing in-home presentations, prior to the appointment because it allows us to give you a hands-on application of products. That way it's much easier. It's not rote memorization. You start gaining true knowledge. It's going to make a difference in your business. And, uh, and she's right. American Amicable, I love Joe and Rick. I spent a lot of personal time with those guys. And one of the nice things you'll find about our business in mortgage protection is the circle of people that do this is really small. You know, even if you are a brand new agent here, you're a much bigger fish in this pond than you realize. And when, when the rubber meets the road and sometimes when you need help, being a big fish in that smaller pond is a, a, a true advantage for you. And, of course, personal de de development is such an important part of any uh, job, but it's extremely important in ours because why? We run virtual offices. So it's not like we're around a lot of people every day. And the personal development sure brings you through a lot of those dark days. So, But uh, today I wanted to focus in on a little bit different approach. You know, we all hear uh, about eagles and chickens and all of that. But I wanted to focus on, you know, what do eagles do? Well, they control the skies around them. You know, they decide what prey that day they're going to eat. They, they're up there and they're looking down and they see a lot of prey running along the ground that they could go down and get. But they, they wait and they select what they want to do versus the chicken, you know, the chicken just pecking out a living. You know, they don't look up. In fact, the chicken's totally unaware that an eagle exists uh, unless the eagle decides to make the chicken dinner. And that changes everything. But this process of the eagle and the chicken, it's kind of what our goal is with everybody that joins our team. We all come into this industry, and I really, you know, I came in as a pretty effective seasoned salesperson. But guys, in the insurance business, I was a chicken. I was just pecking around trying to make a living. And um, our goal is to help each of you to rise to whatever level above that chicken level as you want. You know, as we move in this industry and we become the eagle, then we kind of get to choose where we want uh, to pursue our success. At first, you know, when everybody comes into this ind industry, and it's not a bad thing, it's a good thing, we follow a system, and this is the system. We buy leads, we make dials, we see people, and we write policies. That's just how simple 
what we do is. That's the simple side of our industry. It doesn't get any harder than that. We just follow the system. But at some point, a lot of us start looking around and we notice other people, uh, they've passed just selling insurance. They've hired a couple of people and now they're teaching others to get leads, make dials, see people and write policies. And um, as we do that, the more people we pour into, uh, some of them are direct to us, um, some are people that are downline to us or downline to you, and uh, some of those people have noticed, now wait a minute, you know, I'm four or five levels below, say, Dick and Connie, but I see these other people hiring people and training people, I think I want to do some of that too. Well, see, this is the view of our business that uh, changes from new agent into someone who wants to be responsible for, say, 10, 25, 50, or 200 agents. It's just like the eagle's view is different than the chicken's view. And the more agents you're responsible for, the more your view changes of our industry and what it, what it can do and does do for other people. Now, I do want to point out, it's okay to have a limited view of our business. Um, it's usually not a place where somebody wants to stay when they first come in. And I refer to this status as the wishing and hoping stage or the wishing and hoping st uh, uh, status. <laughs> Those of you that are brand new on the call here today, you're wishing and hoping that what we're telling you is true. And the only way you're going to find it is to get out there and start pecking around, get some leads, call some leads, meet some people, and write policies. And go back and just think with me for just a moment. If you listened uh, to the call yesterday uh, or the, or the w couple before that, if you listened to any of these calls the last few weeks, start looking at them with different ears, looking at them with different eyes, because almost everyone talked about their wishing and hoping stage. Now, they didn't call it that, but that's what the process they were talking about was. You know, one of the guys came in, and he just wanted to earn a few thousand dollars a month, you know, just to help out. $1,000 a month would change a lot for him. He was in that chicken stage. He just was pecking around trying to make a little, but my goodness, it changed. You know, uh, things started working well. He started looking at it differently. Suddenly he's making five or $6,000 a month and then $10,000 a month and then four or $5,000 a week. When that happened, he realized maybe I should be helping some of my friends, you know, and then he started rising above the chicken level, looking down, seeing a complete different picture. Now, I want to point out to you, guys, this is natural and normal. We all went through that, you know, from the highest person being paid at Equus to the guy that just came on this past week, every single one of us went through that phase. So it's natural and normal, and the goal is just to help those that want to get above that to do that. Now, I want to share a story with you. Uh, a number of years ago, um, this woman was not on our team, but she was recruited to our company, and uh, she was a prospect who bought mortgage protection from one of our agents in Dallas. And uh, when the agent was filling out the application, he said, uh, uh, where do you work? And she said, I work for the state of uh, Texas. And kind of flippantly, he says, well, what do you do for the state of Texas? And she said, I am a compliance officer for the Bureau of Insurance for Texas. I'm the person that when I come in on a complaint, someone's 
going to jail. And needless to say, the agent raised his eyebrows and he's quickly scanning back over the presentation he just gave this woman because if it was wrong, he could have been set up. He could be the one going to jail. Well, the good news was he did it right, but she became an agent with us. Now, in Dallas, Texas, at that time with that company, there were five huge organizations in that area. There weren't any leads within four to six hours of Dallas, Texas. So this gal selected a hot spot up in Minnesota. And um, every week or every other week, she flew to Minnesota. So she had the cost of the leads, the cost of the airfare, the cost of the car rental, and the cost of the motel. She stayed four days every other week, and she consistently wrote ten to $15,000 on every one of those trips. Now, she had been talking to one of her clients, thank God, about becoming an agent, and the agent just wasn't sure he wanted to do that. He said, but i tell you what, sometime when you're up here, if you ever need help going to an area that you don't know or your car break or whatever, let me know, and I'd, I'd be glad to ride with you and maybe even drive for you. She tucked that away. She stayed in touch with this person, you know, periodically. A number of months later, she's on one of her trips. Somewhere at the airport, she loses her purse. She had her computer, but in her purse were her driver's license, her credit cards. All forms of identification were in the purse. She's in a city a 1,000 miles from home and no way to rent a car, rent a room, buy gas, pay for lunch, pay for dinner. She is literally a sojourner. Well, what would you do if that situation happened to you? Well, this gal had become an eagle. She had moved past the chicken stage into an eagle. She wasn't able to buy any of the things that she needed. All she had was her cell phone, her computer, and her leads. And she called this agent. He agreed to take four days off of work and take her everywhere she needed to go. Uh, he used his credit card to rent a room for her. And uh, she wrote, I, th I think it was fifth, between fifteen dollars and $19,000 in premium on that four-day trip. And needless to say, she convinced him that he should become an agent. But my question to you is, how would you have looked at that? You know, would you have been like Eric Valdez yesterday? Eric, if you were on the call, yes, he had that deer-in-the-headlight look for a moment when everything shut down on him, but he... See, the, the regional managers, most of us, we were not surprised at how Eric responded on this call yesterday. But my question to you is, if you'd have been in that situation, what would you have done? See, most of the regional managers, the reason they weren't surprised, that's the equus toughness that Barry is always talking about. We expect that. That wasn't out of the ordinary for us. It was an inconvenience, but that's the equus toughness that we're always talking about. Now, um, obviously in a situation like that for a moment, that deer in the headlight look, guys, that's it. You know, now I, I guarantee you, uh, Eric did not have a plan B in place, but he flipped over to one pretty quickly. And we have, as agents, one of the things you'll learn is when you're in the home, it'd be nice to have a plan B. But guys, they throw so many curveballs at us in the home, you can't have enough plant bees to cover all that stuff. So we have to start thinking like the eagle, all right, looking at the situation of the top down. See, as agents, we do that every day when we go into a home. Now, those other of you that are brand new, 
you still think and believe. I won't say you believe in Santa Claus, but you still believe the clients play fair. Well, I'm here to tell you they don't. You know, uh, that's why we have agents call from the home. And those of you that are doing virtual calls, on occasion, you're going to run into a situation where you need some help. And if we're available and you try to three-way us in, we're going to help you on that sale. Mariana Drimova, her very first sale came like that. It was a virtual sale. Uh, the guy asked her a question. I'm not sure if she knew the answer or not. It doesn't make any difference. She just said, let me check with one of my field underwriters and put me on the phone. And uh, it was her first appointment, first virtual sale. I got on the phone, and when we were finished, she earned $1,980 in commission. Why? Now, she learned a ton on that call because it was a long one, but she learned a lot on that call. That's the purpose in having these calls. So when, when you do have to go to plan B, now, some of you may say, well, Dick, if you're telling the client, you know, we're going to go to plan B, what is it? I don't know. But I'm going to figure it out on the way. And that's kind of the, not kind of, that's the purpose in this here. You know, one of the keys to learning uh, to do this is, one, learn how to define the problem and reveal and uncover and expose the pain. Now, how do you do that? Well, first off, you listen. And you listen completely. Do not interrupt the client. You know, see, if you interrupt the client, then you don't have all the information you're going to need to make the sale because they're going to tell you where the pain is, how bad it is, and if they don't, you're going to at least recognize where the pain is, and then you're going to eventually drill down a little bit on that to expose that pain. Now, the next part of this is extremely important. First off is listen completely. Second thing is summarize their problem in three to five sentences. Then you get them to acknowledge that you understood the problem. Now, from what I understand is, if God forbid something happens to you, Mary staying in the house to raise the children, that's what we really need to focus on. Yes. Okay? You've summarized the problem. You've exposed the pain. Now we move into what our solution is going to be. Then... After we've done that, we ask three or four questions that lead to the solution, and, and we do that because we want it to be their idea. Now, when, when you listen, I want each of you to think about what I just said here just a moment ago, and I want you to think in terms of when you go back and listen to Podcast 80, and Podcast 80, for those of you that don't know, it's a critical period and equity protection plan. You will hear three distinct questions that you need to memorize, and you need, need to memorize not only what they say, but the way they're delivered. And then the statement, because as you listen to this now, you're going to be listening to it with different ears and a different mindset. Podcast 42, your bank or mine. Guys, Podcast 42 is a, an incredible tool when you're in a position and you have to sell either a modified plan or a guaranteed issue. Because who wants to buy a life insurance policy that doesn't kick in for two years, that they only refund your premium plus 10%? Well, nobody, because that doesn't make any sense logically. However, if you set it up right and tee it up right, you know, first off, if they had a heart attack two years ago and they had quadruple bypass or five-way bypass, they're not going to get anything uh, in most situations. 
but a guaranteed issue. Well, when you tee it up right, you just get them to realize you're not planning on going anywhere soon, are you? That question is a beautiful question because they will spend the next 20 minutes trying to convince you how healthy they are. You know, that's why David Crocker does so well on the accident plans because, you know, you're not planning on going anywhere soon. I No, no, I'm healthy. I can do this. I can do that. You're probably more worried about, you know, some teenager texting, running a stop sign and running over you or a semi on the interstate. Yes, that's what I'm worried about. Well, then that makes sense for them to have an accident plan, you know. And um, so these are all podcasts now that when you understand the mindset to think through how you get the curve thrown at you, the curveball's coming in at 90 mile an hour, but that didn't mean the game's over. And that doesn't always mean it's a strikeout. You know, David Crocker's podcast, 84, on the IVR leads, he literally goes through there. You can li- literally hear how he writes fifteen to $18,000 a week because he sets appointments. Does he buy more leads than you? Probably. How did he get to that point? Because he developed the skill set early on so that his income went up so he could afford to buy more leads. Now, so summarizing what we just talked about, now when you go back and listen to these podcasts, you're not on the ground like the chicken hunting and pecking. Um, You're looking at your situation several feet above the event of the situation you're in. And let me tell you something. The more people you have that you're responsible for, the higher you get and the better the view gets. You know. Now, I made the comment when we first started, guys, for those of you that are new, the clients do not play the game fair. You know, They don't give us all the information. Oh, you had a stroke last year. Oh, yeah, didn't I tell you that? No, you didn't tell me that, but you can't go there. You just have to figure out on the fly where we're going to go. I had one last week. I've sold this lady a number of years ago, and then not too long ago I I put another plan together for her, and um, she didn't keep it. Um, So now I'm getting something that premium-wise will work. And, And I've known this woman for probably five or six years, never knew she was on nitroglycerin. And so when I finally, and she just let it slip out. She didn't tell me. It just slipped out. And uh, I asked her, I says, well, how long you, how, how many of those do you take? Do you take it? Oh, I only take it once or twice a year. Well, that probably means she takes it once or twice a month because she is not forthright. So, you know, we have to come in, not like the deer in the headlights, but we have to create a second um, um, view and a, a second plan. Now, we need to reestablish with the client, when you get that curveball thrown at you, what's going to happen? More than likely, the price is going up and the coverage is going down. So before you give them the new price and the new face amount, what do you need to do? We need to reestablish and remind them of what the purpose for this coverage was. Why is this important? You know, Well, the purpose is to make sure that the kids have money, time to sell the house. Um, Asking that question helps put you back in control. And uh, whatever answer they have when you ask that question, what's the purpose of this coverage? It doesn't matter what the answer is. It might be to keep the family in the house. It might be to protect the equity in the home. might give the children a place to live for a period of time. And when you ask that question, uh, understand this. Remember I told you when we started this segment, 
they don't play the game right, well, they're not, they, they don't think that quick on their feet. That's why you get paid more than they get paid. So sometimes you need to help them a little bit. You know, like, well, what's the purpose of this? And the, you, you can look at the deer in the headlight look on their face and say, would it be to protect the equity in the home if 10 or 12 years from now you pass away and you've got 50000 the house is worth 50000 more than you owe on it? Who would you want to get that 50000 See, that's helping them through the process. The other thing of it is you want to help them on the direction where you can go. You know, um, a lot of times I get this comment from the agent. I talk about all they qualify for is an equity protection plan for whole life. And I would venture to say, Connie, I hear this between three and ten times a week, but Dick, they want – and guys, I have some bad news for you. At this point in time, they've waited too long. It really doesn't matter what they want. The only thing that matters is what they can get. Now, I'm not saying that in a callous way. I'm saying that because there is a way you can help them, and it's your job to figure out how you do it. See, um, it's your job to get the family protected, not get them what they want but to get the family protected to keep them either in that house for a period of time, if it's a younger couple and all they qualify for is half the mortgage. Guys, if he dies 15 years from now, they've paid the house down quite a bit, and the insurance you take them that would have paid half the mortgage off 15 years ago may pay off 60 or 70% of it today. What you've been effectively done is you've allowed her or the survivor to reduce that payment to less than rent. Now, is that what they wanted? No, but that's all they could afford or all they could get, and it's your job to help them get what they can get. You know, uh, success on the fly is all about learning how to play the cards we're dealt. See, our game, guys, is not about shuffling the deck until you get the hand you want to play. I wish it was, but it just isn't that way. Life just doesn't work that way. We get one shot, and that's why it's so important that we practice before you go. We know before you go. See, your client deserves the best, and your best is not doing on-the-job training. That's why we have you call from the house, because calling from the home allows you to learn a lot more about solving their problem. One, it helps you better define the problem, because you'll, you'll be surprised when you get me on the phone how quickly we distill it down to about a three-sentence problem. That way it's clear, everybody can see it, and then we come up with a two- or three-sentence solution. That's how you learn some of this stuff. Now, if we strategize the case before you go, it's amazing how many times I've sat down with an agent, listened to the problem, tell them what to sell, why to sell that product, and how to sell it. Dave Crocker can attest to this on a $1.3 million home he went into a number of years ago. And I made the comment, I said, you know, one thing I know about wealthy people or high net worth people, one, they don't like to spend their estate. They don't like to consume the seed corn. And their seed corn is their assets, their liquid assets, or stocks, or bonds, and so on. They don't like to spend that money for anything because they want to live off of it. They don't want to eat the principal. I understand that about those people. The other thing they really don't like to do is to sell stock when it's down, even if they need money for a special uh, treatment or something like that. 
So if you can show them a way that you can provide the money they're going to need in a situation when their health is failing and provide it without liquidating assets, whether the assets are up or down, guys, you've got their attention. I understood that. So when I listened to Dave, and it was a lengthy conversation on his side, I listened to him, and when he got finished, I said, well, just point out to this lady that these programs were designed for high net worth clients so they wouldn't have to liquidate assets due to an illness, especially when the assets were, were uh, down in value. And I'll never forget the conversation we had after his meeting with her. Dick, it went exactly as you said, and he was able to make a sale there. That's what we're talking about in terms of trying to design something along the way. You know, getting one shot, um, that's true. And um, when you're doing virtual sales, it's the same way selling is selling. It's more difficult to get us on the phone when it's a virtual sale because there's not much of a way you can notify us you're calling and why you need help. But if we can and we know, we are going to jump in there and help you. See, the thing of it is, whenever you call it and listen to me go through this, that allows you to earn faster, plus your client gets a fair shot at getting our best, our best as a team, our best as an agent, our best as a company. And guys, they discern every aspect of that when it comes to us working with clients.